Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 320 of the Juice Box Podcast. A few weeks ago on episode 314, I'm right about that, 314, Dr. Adam Nadelman came on to talk about the state of the coronavirus. Well, Adam is back, and it may only be a few weeks later, but the world feels five years different. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise, to always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan. The beginning of this episode is about how things are changing, but a large majority of it is really just two friends talking about how this whole situation is making them feel. I want to thank Touched by Type 1 and the Contour Next One blood glucose meter for sponsoring this episode of the Juicebox Podcast. Go to ContourNextOne.com and at the top, you'll see a button that says get a free Contour Next One meter. Click on that. You'll find out if you're eligible. So I went out to get groceries just now, uh, a couple hours ago. And I'm, you know, I've got gloves on. I've got the schmutz in my pocket. You know, like I, I, I took, I didn't have anything to cover my face with. So I was like, uh, so I took like one of those like scarves that go around your neck and just kind of pull up. So now I look like I'm going to rob the place. It's funny how now no one cares about that. By the way, there are going to be amazing armed robberies once people figure that out. Uh, and, and, right. so, and so I'm in there, you know, I did, the stuff goes on my hands. I kind of clean the card off. I do what I can do. Um, but by the time I get done, it's like a workout because everything's just different all of a sudden. Like nobody gets near each other. So there's waiting then you feel really rushed to hurry while you're taking the food. The, you know, I had to do a checkout on a full cart of groceries, like by hand, because the, 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 the ones that had cashiers were taking forever. And I got done and I walked outside and I was like, I don't want to eat this badly. <laughs> I mean, you're like, how about, how about I get it like hooked up to something where I can just get my nutrition well, what delivered I, to me once a week? Well, I would 100% take that. But what I, what I was seeing was, what was really super kind of interesting is, let me see, put this light on for a little bit, is that um, what I noticed is that all the little things that are built into our life for convenience, they're gone. At least, yeah. at the, right? And yeah. they... And then suddenly you're left with the actual like process of going grocery shopping. Like I couldn't enjoy the music I had in my ears. You know, mm. you couldn't, you couldn't see, um, you know, you couldn't see a guy rolling his eyes at his wife and like give him that knowing look like, yeah, I'm married too. Like, you know, like mm. all that was gone. And if, if you had a mask on or you're covering your mouth in any way and someone wasn't, they looked at you with two looks. It was either, oh my God, that guy's sick or, oh God, should I have a mask on too? And so everyone's in that, like they're doing that calculus while they're walking around constantly. And it's just, I don't know. I was like, this sucks. This can't stay like this forever. Cause you know, all the reasons I like, you know, being alive are, are kind of stripped out of this. I, I, I feel like an old man who's like, this is the way the world should be. <laughs> no, I know. So you and I recorded a couple of weeks ago now, is that about right? Time-wise? I actually looked, it was March 16th. Oh, so it was, Two weeks, a little more than two weeks, which feels like three months. But yeah, about two weeks ago. Have you been out of your house? Are you going to work? How do you handle work? Yeah. No, we're, I'm still going to work. We are um, limiting incredibly who's allowed to come into the office. So we're seeing well visits 
We actually have a screener at the door that's uh, stopping people, making sure that no one's sick, mm-hmm. no one's had a contact with a known uh, positive case or traveled. Now, I mean, travel's not really an issue anymore because no one's been anywhere now for the last month. But um, And then if the answer to any of those questions is yes, then they don't come in. Right. If it's no, then they come in. Now, that's only for the people that actually even get an appointment. Uh, we're not letting anybody walk into the office at all. So you can't just like stroll in because you want to, you know, hope to get an appointment. And we're primarily doing just well visits and the kind of sick visits that are not like infectious illnesses. So, you know, the kid who falls off his bed and sprains his ankle, that that kid can come to our office. Um, but other than that, we're really not bringing the sick kids in at all. We're doing all telehealth for those. Are most practices doing this? Uh, yes, or even more stringent than this. Okay. Like some people yeah. are being like, "Hey, you twisted your ankle, go online, go to Google, the ER. <laughs> Google sprain." No, they're like, <laughs> "Yeah, they're like sending right." Either like you know, try to create a mask out of three socks, or I mean, not a mask. Uh, I'm so used to saying mask. Create a you know ankle brace out of three socks, yeah. or go to the ER. No, we're we're still seeing kids that are that we think are relatively low risk. Um, if someone shows up and they're not sure about anything, we just put a mask on them right away. And the doctors are all wearing masks and goggles and gloves now for every single patient, including well visits. I'm looking at this. There's a couple of sites that are tracking things now. I've been using this one, uh, ncove219.live. And it's got total confirmed worldwide cases at over a million. Yeah, the one I like the best is the John Hop- is the one from John Hopkins. Okay. Um, I don't know if you've seen that one, but that's the... That's, they had that actually the very first one. I was looking at that before there were even any cases in the U.S. Um, that one is amazing. But yeah, they, they're over a million worldwide. That's just confirmed cases, mm-hmm. obviously. I switched to this one. I switched to this one. Their number's incredibly um, consistent with what I just saw on the other one. And it, it's funny, too. Like Obviously, if you take away personal freedom, like China, I mean, they're probably not reporting all their deaths, right? But it's it's an incredibly low number. Um, well, they, they're, the measures that they took were much more yeah. draconian than anything we could ever do here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were dragging people. South out of Korea houses. too. Yeah, I mean, South Korea was more just extremely aggressive testing, mm-hmm. and then qu- quarantining people who were positive quickly. So they had the ability to test a crazy number of people and get the results back fast. Right. So anyone with any symptom gets tested, they're positive. You, they're immediately quarantined. Um, unfortunately, because the testing here lagged for so long, there's so many people walking around that had it in the last month, don't even know it, right. um, or uh, have it right now and can't get tested. Because of that, this is going to go on much longer than we we're hoping it is, isn't it? Like This isn't just a month away from being over. Well, I think it's going to depend on how you define over. You know, I think that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... But yeah, I don't think this virus is going away so quickly um, unless there's some dramatic breakthrough with treatment or with a vaccine. But even a vaccine would take probably six months to 18 months to actually get to market. But yeah, there's no reason to expect it's going to go away. It's just a matter of trying to spread out the cases to give the hospitals a chance to handle the volume. Mm -hmm. And right now they're getting close to not being able to handle it in some places. And so what we're seeing right now is just sort of like the it's it's the all at once feeling like it's it's happening to so many people at, you know within a 3 or 4 week period and that's why the numbers keep kind of like growing as exponentially as they are but 
you're going to still hear like six months from now, you're going to hear somebody got this and ended up in the hospital on a vent. Like it's not going to, it's not going to lessen or change it, the frequency is what is what will change like do you know what i mean like yeah yeah it's hard to know i mean look uh, it depends on how many people are actually positive right now that we don't know about mm-hmm. um there are some people estimating it could be five to ten times as high as what's being reported in the u.s especially in areas where there's a lot of cases like in new york okay so think about it this way right like if that number was really you know like i don't know what the exact number is for the u.s now it's got to be a couple hundred thousand at least you know, several hundred thousand because it's a million worldwide. But let's just say it's 10 times higher than that. There will be a point where there's some protection within communities because so many people have had it that a new case coming into the community can't wreak havoc the way it is now because it's similar to like if, you know, um, chickenpox shows up in your child's school mm-hmm. and 99% of the kids there have either had it or been vaccinated, it can't do any damage, right? Right. So there will be a point where you have enough kids protected from an illness where if it comes into a school, it's not going to be able to do the same amount of damage now. So that that leads to the argument that some people are trying to make that, well, why bother with all the social isolation? Just get everybody sick right now and then we'll be done with it. The whole reason you can't do that is because the hospitals could not handle it and you'd have a ton of people dying for no reason. Right. They couldn't get the care they need. It would also overwhelm, you know, we think of overwhelming healthcare workers as their time and effort, but you could also get them sick and oh, yeah. you will, and you could lose a number yeah. of them too. And, you know, yeah, there's been over a hundred in the U S that have died supposedly. That, are um, that was the late, yeah, that, that's the latest tally that I, that I saw, but no, there's no question about it. You overwhelm the whole system. It's not just the ventilators and the ICUs. It's the, how many masks do you have? How many gowns do you have? How many gloves do you have? Do you have the right equipment to test people? Right. If you, if you take, you know, five million people and get them sick all at once. There's no way any healthcare system could handle that. Yeah. We're, you're, we're basically, I mean, I don't know. We're draining a pool with a small hose so that our yard doesn't flood. You you know, you could just knock the side down and let all the water out, but that would ruin the lawn. And so you're just going to let it out a little bit at a time so we can manage what's happening. And so this is all about, well, and the other big thing, the other big thing about that is the slower that initial or the, the lower that initial peak is, and the more the wider it is, mm-hmm. the more time it takes, the more opportunity you give all of these drug trials that are going on, the vaccine trials, the you know, y- you give it all a chance to start to you know for the science to catch up with what's going on, yeah. and with the hope that at some point you can really flatten it by treating it in a way that actually decreases the amount of serious illness. Right, and and you're starting to hear stuff like I don't have you heard like some people are trying Z packs and having success. Have yeah, you? it's the data is not there, unfortunately. So that's the whole um, Plaquenil is the name of the medication, which is also called um, hydroxychloroquine. It's a it's a medication that's used for certain autoimmune conditions like lupus, for example. Okay, very good for lupus. So one of the early studies, there was a study done in China and one in Italy where they took Plaquenil and they added Zithromax to it, and there were different doses. And the data was mediocre; it wasn't great, but they thought maybe there was a chance. So they've rolled that out in a lot of the sicker patients in the hospitals, but unfortunately, the the data that's coming back is not super promising. Not so people started out. hoarding Plaquenil all over the country, of course, right away. It's it like, happens. oh, that might work. Yeah. Uh, there was one guy that ate his fish food or fish cleaner or something because it was made with hydroxychloroquine on the same chemical, yeah. and he died. Unfortunately, right. he died. His wife's in the ICU, but 
Um, so no, there's not a lot of data yet to support that that's going to be the thing that's going to make this all change. Yeah. It's just, I think Unfortunately. That it's, well, you know, <clears throat> we've all grown up with the movies. Like you just think like there's going to be a guy late at night in a dark room and he's going to go, you know what it is? Chewy sweet tarts kills the coronavirus i can't believe it took us you know and then it all goes away and that's just i I don't see that happening i'm assuming you know i heard some you know the one of the doctors that's um featured in that pandemic netflix series he his company came out yesterday and they feel like they're on to um something uh for inoculation but at the same time he said you know bright lights maybe nine months if we're right to get it like all together that's the other thing is it it's yeah well the, the first human vaccine trial started in seattle a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. um but that stage the stage that they're at in terms of the testing is safety so it's sort of like let's make sure this doesn't cause any harm first right and they, once they finish that step then it's all right let's see what kind of effect it might have but that's they said they're 12 to 18 months minimum and they don't even know if it's effective yet right it just, you know, I have, obviously you do too, but I have that background from watching my wife. I know how long it takes from, hey, we think this is going to work to it works. Here it is in a box yeah. with a name, you know. I mean, the only difference now, I think, is for probably the first time ever, you have all of these different labs and different uh, universities and different companies that are all working towards the two goals, right? Mm-hmm. They're working towards finding an effective treatment and they're working towards trying to find a vaccine. So some are doing vaccines, some are doing treatment. Some of the bigger companies are trying to do both. And the interesting thing is for the first time, they're actually sharing a lot of their information. Yeah. So like when someone thinks, oh, this might be you know, a step in the right direction, they are publicizing that together and they're working together. So I don't know that you've ever had a situation where essentially the entire world is trying to figure this out mm-hmm. all at the same time. So that has to make you a little bit optimistic. It shouldn't be that difficult to figure out a treatment and to figure out one that can be ramped up quickly. But there, And it's being attacked by a lot of different angles. And just what they're trying now first is the kind of possibilities that already exist. That's where that whole Plaquenil thing came from. Because right. there was some thought that it has some anti, antiviral activity when you do tests and like test tubes and stuff. Um so they said, you know, you know, there's a chance this might work. Sometimes it works for the flu. Let's try it. And they just started giving it to people with the hope that it would work. Same thing goes with Zithromax. Um, um, you know, right. that's another medication that has some amount of antiviral activity, not enough to recommend it for cold. But they figured, hey, let's just try it. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think that is one reason to be optimistic. You've never had the whole world working together. Wait, that's because all the people who could benefit financially from making a drug like this weren't all at the same time thinking, oh, I could get this. <laughs> that'll that'll yeah. straighten you right up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that will that will change your thought process. Yeah, yeah. yeah, You know what? Let's just whoever gets the money is good. I just want the pill uh, or whatever yeah. it ends up being. Well, good. You know, uh, mother necessity and all that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Let them. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, unfortunately, there's just not that much right now that looks super promising. So you have to really try to get it away from the most vulnerable people. Yeah. And that's where the distancing still comes in. Well, it's it's interesting because, you know, there's a difference between what's really, I mean, like always, there's a difference between what's happening and what people want to be happening or what they share, you know, when they're talking online to each other, you'll hear some people say like, we should, you know, we should talk about how many people have recovered. That's positive news. And I think that's true. I think we should. I also don't think that that doesn't make sexy television. So you don't hear about it as much. Um, and it is a shame. I mean, when you look at the real numbers as I'm, you know, I moved over to the site you're talking about, 
We have United States total recovered over 8,800, total deaths 5,600, but total confirmed 236,000. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's still, it's a, it's a reason to be encouraged. And it's also a reason, you know, if you're part of the 5,600, it's a reason to think this is the worst thing that's ever happened. And I think both are valuable points of view. Do you? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I think the two things that we really need are the ability to do a blood test to prove that you've had it. Mm-hmm. Right. That would be pretty cool, which you can do that for things like the measles or mono or other viruses, right? They're called titers, where you do blood work and it proves that you have antibodies to that specific virus. Okay. So supposedly that's not that far away. That would be super helpful because then you could say, yeah, you know, back in January when I was sick and not feeling great, I wonder if I had it. Well, turns out you did. Yeah. So that all of a sudden changes a lot of things because it looks like from all the data that is out there so far, you, it doesn't seem like you're going to get it again. So imagine like if you could prove to healthcare workers, look, you've had this, you can go take care of these patients and you don't have to be afraid that you're going to get it again, right? So that's one thing. The other thing is, like I said, all those people walking around thinking they might've had it, you can prove that you, that they did. Yeah. So if you can do that, and if you at the same time can actually rapidly test people who show symptoms, you could start to envision a world where you could let people get back to their life, right? Because you could say at the very first sign of symptoms, you must get tested. And if you do that and you then quarantine for two weeks, you're going to ideally protect the people that could really get sick and are vulnerable. You could also do a test to prove all the people that have already had it. So they could say, look, I have my, you know, here's my test. I already had it. I'm good. Um, and you can continue to really protect the most vulnerable people. Yeah. You can, you can also. Problems, we don't have any, we have none of those things. None of those things. Yeah. Right. You would also be able yeah. to say, hey, you don't have it. This is your seasonal allergies. Go ahead and keep moving, you know. Right. Um, Yeah. So the tests I keep hearing, I mean, listen, it's politics, right? So I understand like we've got this many tests out here, but I was like, yeah, that seems like 25 million too few. Isn't that a lot? You you know, like. I I mean, the reality is we are living in New Jersey, which is the second hardest hit state right now after New York. And if you think you have it, it is very hard to get a test unless you are really sick. Yeah. I mean, I have friends who work in the emergency rooms of, of children's hospitals up and down the East Coast, and they they say they can't test you unless you're like about to get admitted to the hospital. Yeah, you know. So yes, there are pop up sites every once in a while. You hear, oh, there's a site by the Quaker Bridge Mall. There's a site by this, you know, whatever. But the problem is that they run out of test test kits quickly, um, and so it's just, you know, there's not you cannot get tested right now easily right. unless you are about to go into the hospital. I have a friend who was tested in Ohio, and she said, first of all, not pleasant, having the swab put in her nose. She had a bloody nose when it was over, and then she got a call that said that the lab spilled her sample, and she had to come back again. Yeah, so, so the t- people don't realize the test is, the one that did, that is used most frequently is a nasopharyngeal swab, mm-hmm. so that's exactly what it sounds like in your in your nose and into the back of your throat. Yeah. So it's not just like, you know, touch the inside of your nostril, it's Let's see if I can touch your tonsil through your nose. <laughs> Which That's is not a what sentence you thought anybody was going to ever speak to you. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it is not pleasant. Right. That's the kind of sample you have to get. And yes, there's a potential for a bloody nose. There's the potential they lose it. Um, you know, I've heard multiple stories about people getting tested and they never even get the result because it gets lost. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not what it should be. Yeah. It's, it's crazy right now. Um they are working on tests, like fast tests that seem like, have you heard yeah. that they're coming around? I mean, we get stuff, you know, I get emails from companies that are claiming that they're going to have it soon. 
Um, but it's not anywhere near like, Hey, I can drive by and get my nose swabbed and find out 10 minutes later that I'm positive or negative. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's anywhere close. When you get that's con- what they did everywhere else in the world. When you get contacted like that, because you're the, you're the president of your practice. Is that a salesperson trying to get the head of the line? Like, is that a little bit of salesmanship um, going on sometimes? It depends. It, yeah. I mean, a lot of times it's, bl- it's like blast emails that are going out mm-hmm. to anyone who's in their system. Um, sometimes it's a sales thing. Sometimes it's, you know, usually the sales things come more from like the reps that we deal with and they go right to our lab. Um, but you know, we would know if like, if there was an ability to get people tested rapidly, that would be, that would be the biggest story on the news. Yeah. But it just doesn't exist right now. Right. Yeah. No, I know. It's, uh, I, I always think when people are, they'll say like, is there a cure for type one diabetes? I'd say, you know, you don't have to track it every day if it happens. You'll find out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not like, oh my God, you found it on Facebook. Yeah. 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 And yeah. sent it around. I can't believe you found it before anyone else. I can't believe it. I lived six years longer with this than I had to because I just didn't know right. they cured it. Yeah. You'll hear. Right. You know? Um yeah. it's hard not to be anxious though. I mean, are you, how are you doing with I mean, you're going out there, you're going to work. Is is your wife leaving the house? Uh very, very, very infrequently. Is there like, any stir crazy happening you know, yet? Like go to like the supermarket, buy 10 things and get out of there as fast as you can, like yeah. that sort of thing. Um, but like, even at work, I mean, I am spending most of the day with the door closed in my office doing telehealth, mm-hmm. seeing a, a handful of well patients, um, nothing like what we would be typically doing. Right. Do you miss it? Like the contact with people? Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's very strange. I mean, I think for all of us, it's really strange, especially like doing what I do where you spend all day long talking to people face to face. Right. So it's just weird when that, I mean, now at least with telehealth, you can see some people, but it's, it's just bizarre. Like I, I think the mental health aspect of this, not just for, you know, healthcare workers, but anyone who's in a, any kind of a position where you work with people face to face, yeah, it's just weird to turn all of that off. I mean, we're meant to be social people and it's just, it's bizarre. I agree. I also think that if you explode it out into the future, you know, like, you hear people say, nobody's going to have to go to work anymore. And I think, well, then what are all those buildings for? What are we right. going to do with them? And, you know, what are they? Are vines going to grow over top of them? Are we, we're all just going to live in our domiciles from now on? What about people who don't? Like, I'm in a house. I have a room where I make a podcast. Some people live in a room this size. You, you, you know, so right. what about those people? You can't expect a human being to stay in a in a New York City apartment every day, all day long, forever and ever. Like, that's... No, I mean, I I think clearly, like, when this is over, however it ends, people are going to go back to work, and they're going to, you know, they're going to return to some semblance of normalcy. But I do think that it is made blatantly obvious a bunch of things, like a bunch of the travel that people do for work is a total waste of time. You can accomplish it now on a computer. Um, There are a lot of people that have been trying to get jobs where they could work from home either because they're, you know, physically disabled or they have some kind of a condition where they can't get into an office and they've been denied those opportunities and clearly they could do it from home. Right. So I think there's, it's going to change a lot. Um, But you're right. I mean, people are still going to have to go like people, especially that are in service industries. How are you supposed to work in a restaurant or a hotel from your house? Or how are you supposed to cut hair or, you know, clean teeth? or see patients or whatever it is. You can't do that from your house yeah. 100% of the time. No, and I mean, there's some things, like, don't get me wrong. I, I want to go to a baseball game. I've never wanted to go to a baseball game so badly in my life as I have in the last three weeks. But they're they're not going to just 
like sports aren't just going to become a thing that happens in front of an empty building. You know what I mean? Right. I know they're talking about it now, but it's not going like to like you've heard the NBA talk about like maybe we'll go to Las Vegas and just hold a tournament. My my son's like, you mean like an AAU tournament? Like you just all show up at the same place and play? And I'm like, I think that's what they're talking about, you know? And he's like, I mean, I think if anything, it might, you know, accelerate some of this esports stuff that people are talking about yeah. that you could play from your bit, you know, your, from your couch. But right. no, I mean, look, I think at some point, you know, at some point you're going to have a, a return to society. That's going to look a little different, but some of these things are going to either, either they're going to come back or they're going to go away altogether. Right. You're going like, to find out what you don't care about all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. I, I think I was, I, I saw somebody recently that I know and their very first statement to me was, Hey, are the divorce rates going up? And I said, is this a personal commentary on how it's going at your house? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I saw I, I saw something funny online that just said in, in nine months, we're either going to have a lot of babies or a lot of justifiable homicides <laughs> because the parents are going to kill their children and they kill each other. Like people are just going bananas. I mean, there's only, you know, I don't care how big your house is. There's only so much room when you have like, you know, to get away three large children. Yeah. Like at some point you need to get out, get away from each other. Yeah. And people are just getting, like I said this, this morning, I said to everybody, listen, the weekend's almost here. We have to find something mindless to just do, you know, like that isn't just passing time. Like we're going to have to get together and I don't care what it is. And I, I don't know how to figure that out. We're not leaving that. I mean, maybe yeah. it'll be nice enough. We can go outside a little bit you know, on our property. But we can't just keep doing this over and over and over and over again. Like this. I've been saying the same. It's funny that you say that because I have been saying the exact same thing. Have you ever felt like time moved more slowly than it's moving these last three weeks? I mean, like you and I sat, in, it wasn't even three weeks ago. Right. It feels like it's been six months. I mean, the days, the hours crawl by, the days go slow. You know, you're stressed and anxious. And then the evening comes and you're like, all right, well, now I guess like, we watch different TV. I mean, what are you supposed to be doing differently yeah. in the, on the evening or you know on the weekend? Well, no, it's just, it's no, unbelievable. Zero lie. I took the dogs out yesterday morning after I fed them. My neighbor's taking the recycling down to the street. And I said to her, why are you doing that? And she goes, I don't know. It's out at other people's houses. And I was like, oh, all right. So sometimes there's a mass hysteria that happens around recycling. I don't know if you've ever seen this. Someone gets the day wrong, puts the yeah. recycling out, and everyone on the street's like, oh, my God, it must be the recycling day. And I didn't know. So I just am like, yeah, all right. So I took my recycling down. I come back in the house. I text my neighbor on the other side. I go, why did I just take my recycling down? And he goes, it's recycling day. And I said, it's Friday. And he goes, dude, it's Wednesday. And I went, Oh, sorry to bother you. I was not kidding. I wasn't, I don't usually misunderstand what day it is. Mm -hmm. Friday to Wednesday I had no context for what day it was. It just didn't matter anymore. Like, you know, yeah, and I, I mean, I think it's, it's exactly right. And I think people, you know, there's a, a certain rhythm to our lives that we've all gotten so used to where you, for most people, you work your five days and then you have your two days off. I mean, a lot of us work weekends and evenings and things like that, but that's the general pattern of our society. And I just, I don't know how long we can go without any real distinction between what day it is. Some sort of schedule. For so many people. Yeah. Yeah. No, I had the the strangest feeling, like I said, leaving the grocery store today. Like I, I'm, I'm not, listen, I'm not depressed. I'm like, I, I haven't been overwhelmed by three weeks in my house, but I was like, what's the point of all this? If I can't talk to people and like, what am I doing? I'm just staying inside till I have to go run and get a piece of chicken again? Like, 
that can't be everything, yeah. you, you know? No, I know. I know. I mean, look, I'm, I am relatively hopeful that we are going to start to see the case number and the real, and the hospitalizations and all that start to kind of peak mm-hmm. and then start to, you know, head downward. And, yeah. and it's going to be a big sort of sigh of relief once you start seeing that. I mean, right. if you look at like what's going on in California, like it's very interesting when you compare California to New York. New York is very densely populated. Obviously, you have New York City, which mm-hmm. is the most densely populated city in the country. And so they really had no way out of this. Like yeah. they were going to get hit no matter what. California enacted really tough measures pretty early on. And if you look, there's some evidence that it may actually be working. Like mm-hmm. the cases, you know, these people that are getting sick are quarantined off and are not getting other people sick. Right. So that's how it's really starting to come down. And if you can get it down enough, then you can really start to think about, well, what's it going to be like when, you know, the number of new cases per day is like 10 mm-hmm. and not, you know, a couple thousand. Yeah. I'll tell um, you, in the, that's no better, you know, proven than when you look at New Jersey, how the deaths in New Jersey are clustered in just towns. You, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's, you know, like, oh, do you live in Morris? 40 people died here. Like, wow, really? You, you know, like that's, that's super interesting. And, no. Yeah, I think that's just because they probably if you can go through Morris and test every person, you'd find that like, you know, 4,000 people have it in Morris right. or probably 10,000 people have it. And if you and, look and further, so unfortunate for, you'll, yeah, further away you get, yeah. less of it. And you'll also find, I bet the people in like New Jersey's obviously like. We're basically a bedroom community for New York and North Jersey, right? Like everybody leaves New York and goes to New Jersey and goes home, and and so New York and New Jersey for the you know might as well be the same thing for for this situation, mm-hmm. honestly, because the people so freely go back and forth. Um, well, I, and you can see that because the further north you get, if, you the know, more if you're in Bergen County right now, you might as well be in Manhattan. Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing, right? Now, I'm interested to see what happens in places like California that button it up quickly. I'm also, uh, you know, I-, I was wondering what you thought about, do you see the cruise ship that nobody will let port anywhere? Yeah, so Florida apparently is going to take them now. Th- last I night, they were saying they were just going to take the Floridians off of it. Have you heard more since then? So this morning, I heard that the the, the governor of Florida said we can ha- that he had assurances from one or two healthcare systems in that area that they could handle the vo- the volume. Mm-hmm. I suspect that they tested the people on the ship and they figured out who actually has it. And they said, Oh, well maybe that's not as bad as we thought. Yeah. So they're going to grab, they're going to take off the people that are sick. Yeah. No, I know that was, I, you know what? Strange. I I think honestly, if like, if you get on a cruise ship now and that cruise gets stuck, I mean, I think there's a, there's a point of personal responsibility here. Like who in their right mind would get on a cruise ship right now? Yeah. With what's going on, no. what like when did that cruise leave and where did it leave from? Right, that's what I don't get. Yeah, no one takes a three week cruise to Port Lauderdale. Right, right. So <laughs> it had to have left in the last ten to fourteen days. Like, who in their right mind would get on a cruise ship right now? I don't get it. When we were a young family, we took a cruise, and Cole was in the pool, and then suddenly everyone was rushed out of the pool. The water was drained out of the pool. I noticed the. Uh, a little human poo in the middle of it that a guy went in, cleaned it out. They And, and at that moment I turned to Kelly and I was like, well, we're not doing this again. I, I've, <laughs> I've never been somewhere before where this happens. So let's not go to places where stuff like this happens. It's just, I mean, I just think that industry is going to be in serious trouble. Like yeah. I just can't imagine once people can travel again, if you had a rank that 
types of trips you could take. I can't imagine people are going to say, sign me up for the next cruise. Mm. I mean, that's not a statement against any particular cruise line or anything, but just the idea of being on a enclosed, that close. basically a hotel at sea with hundreds of people with yeah. potential for illness like this. It just doesn't seem rational. I keep waiting to, I'm wondering if, you know, one of the airlines is going to not go out of business too. Like at some point. Oh, they definitely, yeah. I, I think they definitely are. Unless they get, they've managed to get the money from the government quickly. Yeah. In in the past, they folded together at times in the past. Am I remembering that right? I think so. Like, yeah. I mean, some of these airlines have been different things. Like remember Eastern airlines yeah. and like, you know, I, so who knows? I mean, so, so much of that industry is, um, I think is they operate on margins that aren't as big as you might think they are. Right. And so you do something like this to them and it's just devastating. Yeah. No, Although I do find it interesting that when the oil spike happened a few years ago, I don't know if you remember, there was like, they were, they started charging people fuel tax because mm-hmm. the gas prices were so high. I don't hear anything about them pulling the fuel taxes off. Now it's gas costs. Two dollars a gallon again. <laughs> you can't suddenly fly somewhere for fifty five dollars. I mean, I, right. <laughs> listen. In fairness, I you know we were just slightly ahead of the this whole thing happening when I was getting back out of Florida when Cole was playing, and I flew home from Florida to Newark, just me and nine other people on a jet. Yeah, I mean, there ain't no, no, there ain't no money I mean, being made there. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, it's interesting. Like somebody asked uh, Andrew Cuomo about why don't they shut down the airports in New York. And he said, you know, it's, first of all, it's a very difficult thing to do because you need goods to come in. You need healthcare workers coming back and forth. But he, this is what he said the other day. Apparently the, the number of passengers traveling in and out of the New York city airports in Newark, JFK LaGuardia down 95%. Oh yeah. So like whether they're open or not, nobody's nobody's in the airport anyway. So right. what difference is it? It's probably the safest place now. <laughs> there's, yeah. no, there's no Yeah, it's crazy. So what would you say if I told you that um uh last weekend I got up in the morning and I was fixing something around the house and I found myself missing a piece that I needed. And I thought like that. I thought no one will be at like Lowe's. I'll go there, it'll be me and the guy working there. And when I got there, the parking lot was so full I turned around and went home. Like, do you think, do you think there's sort of like a, I'm starting to believe that there's like that we, I think as humans, we set like false timelines for things like, you know, I'll understand this better in a month, a week, a year. Like, like we do that to ourselves for, for no reason. I used to, I talk about it on here all the time when Arden was diagnosed, I thought, well, a year and I'll understand it better. And then when I didn't understand it better in a year, I actually said to myself, well, it probably takes two years. Like, why doesn't it take 17 and a half months? You, You know what I mean? Like, so I wondered if it if people hadn't woken up one Sunday morning and been like, "Yeah, hey, it's been a couple of weeks. This is probably okay now." You, you know, like I, I it was interesting, but I I went home. Yeah, I was like, no. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of people that do work outside, like especially contractors that you know are mostly outdoors. Yeah. Um, like I, I'm sure you see this too, driving around. But the landscape guys are all out and doing their thing, right? right. So I think that maybe they have a little bit of a false sense of security because they think, oh, I'm doing a project outdoors. I got to get my equipment for the day. You know, you hope that they're keeping apart from their coworkers, but yeah. certainly seems a lot different than people that are working in office buildings or, um, you know, getting furloughed by companies because they're, the companies are basically almost going out of business. Right. It does seem like that industry, for whatever reason, maybe there's, maybe these guys are outdoors a lot more. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. It's just, it, it, I don't know. It threw me off. And then I actually, you know, I, I basically had a conversation with myself on the way home where, cause the first thought in my head was, 
what are all these people doing here? And then I was said, oh, yeah, you're one of them. So <laughs> I at least caught myself in time and sent myself home. But, you know, as I was being, you know, morally uh, outraged about their not being concerned, I was like, oh, yeah, I just did the same thing. But maybe we all yeah. thought the same thing. Like, oh, there won't be anybody there. This will be completely okay. Um, but Yeah, I have, I've had a bunch of conversations still with people asking, like, oh, you know, what do you think about doing this? What do you think about doing that? And I think the answer's just got to be the same. Are you going to be within, you know, six feet of a person for more than 10 minutes? Yeah. The answer to that is definitely, then don't do it. Right. If you think, well, probably not, I'm not really sure, then you probably shouldn't do it. You now, know? Have you heard today, I went downstairs and Kelly told me they're starting to talk about air, it maybe being more airborne than they thought. The Contour Next One blood glucose meter is without a doubt the most accurate blood glucose meter my daughter has ever used. Due respect to all the ones in the past, this one is the bomb diggity. You might even be eligible to get an absolutely free meter. And you can check that out at ContourNextOne.com. Click on the link, get a free Contour Next One meter at the top of the page, and you'll know soon enough. Even if you're not eligible for the free meter, blood glucose meters aren't exactly that expensive especially if you have insurance. And making the switch to this specific meter, the Contour Next One, in my opinion, would be a great move. It's small, lightweight, fits in your hand nice, has a bright light for nighttime testing, and the strips are terrific because if you miss the first time with the blood, you can go back in and get a resample without getting results that aren't accurate or wasting a test strip. The crowning jewel to this meter is the accuracy. It is just rock solid accurate. Best I've ever seen. If you want, there's actually a great app that goes with the meter available for Apple or Android. But, you know, just head over to ContourNextOne.com and you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. And when you're done there, check out TouchedByType1.org. Head over, look into their programs, how to support them, how to benefit from what they do. TouchedByType1.org. There are links to all of the sponsors right there in the show notes of your podcast player, or you can head over to juiceboxpodcast.com and click on the links that are there. They're starting to talk about air, it maybe being more airborne than they thought. So this has been going on since China was the first one really dealing with it. And, uh, you know, I heard some interesting stuff today that they really don't think it is airborne okay i think it's just really infectious so you can get i think you can get confused by that because you know airborne means like i live in a building and my ductwork connects to the apartment above me mm -hmm. i can get it from the person above me that's really what airborne is okay that's not there's no evidence that this can do that i think this is by droplets so I sneeze and you walk into the path of my droplets, they land on your face, you can get it. If it's a particularly infectious agent, it's easy to transmit it that way. Sometimes it's harder. Like this is a pretty hardy virus. You sneeze onto a surface and it can live there for a while, right. touch the surface and you get it. Like we were talking about last time. But airborne really means like, I, uh, you know, I got it through my air conditioning vent. Like from, Legionnaires. From another person. Legionnaires like, exactly way, right? like Legionnaires. Okay. Right. All right. Yeah. So it's, it's tough because it really is tough because I mean, look at you and I are talking about this. A lot of people listen to us talk about this and we are, you know, I'm me, 
I shouldn't be telling anybody anything. You're at least a doctor. Uh, but, you know, because of the Internet, everyone's got the ability. And all you have to do is misuse the wrong word. And then the person who understands the word correctly hears it and says, oh, I heard it was airborne. And and, right. and that's it. It's uh, it's a little it's a little dangerous. It's why I like. Well, it's why I would like it if the information would come out, you know, in easily uh, understood segments on a daily. It would be nice if somebody just came out and ran through it in a way everybody could understand, instead of you having to pick through all this information and decide what's right. Well, and I think the internet has made that obviously a thousand times worse, and social media on top of that, because you end up tending to look at sites where the opinions of the people that you're looking at are match what you already believe, mm-hmm. and sometimes those people may not be experts on what you're reading about. Um, it's why the messaging that comes from the top has to be clear and concise and accurate and not speculation. Right. And they're from, from the beginning, from January, even going back to probably the end of December, you heard tons of speculation. Ah, it's not going to be a big deal. Ah, it's going to be like the flu. Ah, why do we, you know, mm. it's stuff that just wasn't based on in reality. Instead of just saying, we we're not a hundred percent sure yet. This is what we're seeing. This is what we think. But when you dismiss stuff, people, it's, People like to hear that because they're, they're like, well, that's, that sounds great. Makes it's not it a big deal. I, I yeah. can tell you as a person who communicates with people, I've done it in writing and you'd think you make something 100% clear in writing. There's no way someone will misunderstand this or take it wrong. And then they, they do. And then you'll look back at what you wrote and think, no, this, this is unmistakably clear, but it doesn't mean someone won't mishear. I thought when I moved to talking, that would completely go away, but it doesn't. You can't say, um, you know, we, you have to say, you can't say we think this is going to be something that lasts 10 days because what a person hears is this is only going to last 10 days. They, they drop the, I think, you know, the qualifier. It doesn't, I think people hear what they want to hear very often. Yeah. I think they bring their own beliefs into the conversation and then those beliefs kind of shape the words that they're bringing in. Mm -hmm. And there's also, you know, it's very much in a person's best interest to believe what they would like to believe because it makes you feel better. Yeah. Right. So like, like if I hear something on the news and it sounds like, oh my God, they might actually have a vaccine. I'm going to say, all right, I have to be a little skeptical because these things take time, but wow, that would be amazing. If they, and then within five minutes, five people will text me, oh my God, did you hear there was a vaccine? And the truth is, right. it's not exactly what they said. Mm-hmm. They just said there's a now a study about a vaccine. I'll tell you to put this in context for people living with diabetes. Every time you hear a mouse has been um, cured from type one diabetes, that really should make you think not, um, Oh wow. There's almost a cure for humans. What it should make you think is, well, I should probably try to find a way to become a mouse because (laughs) you know, like there's, there's so, and you don't realize sometimes like, that's why I asked you about the sales earlier, because there's a, a thing I call cure season around type one where researchers float their research looking for more money to continue their research. And the way they get that money is by saying, oh, we're hot on the trail of a cure, you know? And to your point, when you hear that, you or your kid or somebody you love is living with it, you think, oh gosh. And it does, it lifts you up a little bit, you know, makes you feel like you're close to something, Um, which I've always found to be unfair. I don't like it when people do that. And so, you know, when we hear this information, like, oh, it's going to go away. Or back when he said, um, there's only 15 cases, there'll be none soon. I was like, that's not even how math works. You you know, um, but for every person that heard that and thought that's not right. 
there was an equal amount of people who heard that and thought, oh, great, this will be over in a week. Yeah, it's it's really kind of an interesting study in so many different things. But one of them is definitely this like mass kind of communication and messaging and just leadership, I think. And there's a real benefit to being optimistic and sort of aspirational and trying to get people to understand that there is going to be another side of this. Like we're not going to be stuck in this forever. There is a way out of it just because we can't see that way for sure yet. doesn't mean that, you know, that there's not a way, but it's, but there's a fine line between optimism and that sort of can do spirit. And like, we all need to pull together and just talking in a way that, it's purely what you hope might happen. And have you have no basis for making those statements other than this is just what you wish for. Right. And I think like, you know, if it's a fifth grader making comments like that, you excuse it. Cause you're like, look, I understand you really want to go back to school and be with your friends. And it's good to say, Oh no, we're, you know, we're going to be back on May 1st and to believe that that's fine. But if you're like the superintendent and that's how you're talking to your students, you probably aren't going to keep your job as superintendent much longer because you're just not being rational or, truthful. Right. And I think there's, you know, the best leadership skill is actually telling people the truth. They'll respect you more if you just, you're honest with them than if you are just making stuff up because it makes everyone feel better. Yeah. I'm seeing that in a couple of places where places that just kept setting these arbitrary two week dates, like we'll see in two weeks. Finally, they're like, listen, we'll let you know when it comes back. Okay. Like, let's stop. You yeah. Know, let's stop pretending it's going to be two weeks from now. Uh, yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of speaking to people like that. It's also important to remember that everybody doesn't feel or hear the way you do. Like for me, if I told you how I thought about this, you'd laugh. It's ridiculous. It's either going to be okay or it's not. That's literally how I think of this. It either is or it isn't. If it is great. If it's not, what am I going to do about it? But I don't have anxiety. I don't live, you know, I don't live with anxiety. I don't live with that kind of stuff. I have perspective i tell people all the time like you give your kid an incurable disease it'll change your perspective on the world you you know Mm -hmm. like i i can't sit around and worry about things i don't have sway over you know um yeah i think one of the challenges with this is that there's no like there's no escape from it like if you turn the tv on and you want to just watch the news about anything else you can't find right it's impossible i was driving today and i was flipping through the stations and i i don't even know what channel it was but they were clearly playing a segment that had been recorded like four weeks ago mm. about some, some guy's book that, you know, he wrote and it was whatever it was, but I'm listening to this thinking there is no chance they filmed this like last week. Right. This has to be from a month ago. And the difference just like, they sounded like, Oh, this is a great theoretical topic to be talking about. What an interesting book. And I'm thinking to myself, every person who's stopped at this channel just, just turned it off because it seems like it's divorced from reality. Mm-hmm. Our reality now is this all the time. It's all you talk about with people that you like, even if you do a zoom happy hour and you're hanging out with your nine friends, they could be friends from college or friends from down the street. This is all you're talking about all the time. There's no escape from it. Yeah. There's a real, um, there's a line where you can feel it change. Like it just, and it, it, I don't want to say it's never the same again, just that reality is, is, is colored differently now because you have this new experience before today, what's happening has only been in most people's minds the the plot of a movie. Do you know what I mean? And now it's it's they they're seeing it happen. Now they recognize it's true. Now there's researchers who are probably walking around going, I've been I've been trying to say this to you, and nobody's listening to me. But you know, I think it's good that you know, not everybody needs to walk around with that that weight all the time. But I think forever moving forward, it'll 
It'll color the way you feel until you generation out of it and get to that point where, you know, you find people who are like, don't remember 9-11 because they yeah, were born well, when it happened or something like that. I think that's the closest parallel for us that we can think about is yeah. 9-11. But the difference with 9-11, like my feeling about, I was just talking about this with somebody else, like on 9-11, I remember trying to get in touch with my wife who was working in the city. Mm-hmm. And I remember like I was on my cell phone and I was talking to one of my coworkers and I, I went outside onto my deck. And as I was standing on my deck, this was probably like maybe 45 minutes after the second tower got hit. Right. So before the towers fell, but after the second one got hit and I'm standing outside and I'm talking like, what in the world is going on? And all of a sudden I saw like three fighter jets fly overhead that were clearly coming from the South to go fly over New York. Mm-hmm. Right? And they were, I've never seen anything move so fast in my life, right, right overhead. And I remember thinking to myself, this is insane. Like, are we literally is the whole country under attack? And there were all those stories on other planes. And there's, you know, there's all that, that sense of like, you don't know what's going to happen. Right. This is that, but it's been going on for three weeks. Yeah. yeah. Like, right. I mean, in all seriousness, like right. we those are hearing are every day about your head constantly. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, well, who's the next famous person you're going to hear about that gets sick. And who's like an older famous person who you're going to read about tomorrow who passed away from complications from this. And, mm. Oh my God, did you hear so-and-so's brother is in the hospital with it? And so, it's like closing in because there's so many more cases. Yeah. I think that is what's causing us this incredible level of anxiety. Right. I mean, but it's, it's like nothing, I, nothing our generation has ever seen. And I mean, I guess this is what it must've felt like during the second world war, except that went on for years. Right. And you had people that you cared about overseas fighting and you never heard from them. You didn't know what was going on. And I don't know what you can do about it too. Like, have you ever heard the the theory that Irish people are more susceptible to depression because of the potato famine? You ever looked at that? Like that, I like that concept that they were so sad for so long that it got burned into their DNA. Uh, and I don't know if I believe that, but I mean, in the short term, you know, this is this is your reality. All of a sudden, it's hard to I like think you that, said, think of something else. Yeah, I mean, just there's so many things about the way we live as a people that I think are going to they're just going to change unless there's a vaccine and a vaccine really soon or a treatment that's going to be shown to be that basically can just eradicate this, like yeah. the way that we did with smallpox, you know, things like that, where there's right. you know where there's a vaccine that's that effective that you can say coronavirus is gone. Um, there's going to be other pandemics. I mean, this is not going to be the only time in our lives we have to deal with something like this, unfortunately. Right. I, I you know, it's funny. I think there's a real opportunity for like a, a worldwide celebration. If something like that could happen, it could be a real unifying thing. I've also noticed my wife wanted to buy a used car. Like, right. She's been looking at these little weird cars that nobody has. They're not expensive. And she's like, this is what I want. It's all she could talk about. And this came up. I have not heard about that car one time. The other thing that I'm seeing happen, which is super interesting is um, you know what virtue signaling is, right? Like you know, you say something on Facebook to prove to everybody you know the right thing. You, you know what I mean? Like there's that. That's yeah. all gone. Like nobody's got any time for any first world nonsense. They're all just worried about this. Like all this. I I was saying to my son, you didn't realize how good your life was and how much free time you had to fill with like other stuff because you weren't worried about anything. You know, right. like everything was just going the way you wanted it to. I mean, it does seem like there's still a small group of people that think they have all the answers with this. Yeah. Like I saw a comment on social media the other day where someone was trying to argue that they don't have COVID, they have coronavirus. Like what? Like that, that person, like that doesn't make any sense. Like right. It's the same thing. 
this coronavirus, it's called COVID-19 because it was from 2019 yeah. where they first discovered it. It's the same exact thing, literally the same exact thing. I'm yeah. like, how could you, and I saw like, power, and I didn't engage in it. I was just reading it, but people going back and forth with this theory that just because you have a coronavirus infection with this particular coronavirus, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you have COVID. Like that is just completely not the truth. Right. So there's still this weird, like, and, you know, I, I mean, some of it too is, I guess, political, but this stuff with like going after some of Trump's advisors that are trying to play it straight. I don't know if you saw that stuff about Fauci, but apparently there's been people that are like after him and attacking him because he touched his forehead during one of the press conferences. It looked like he was unhappy with something someone else was saying. Right. So they're attacking him like with this fury that he needs actually, he's actually now getting um, protection from the government. Jeez. I don't know if you saw that. For trying to keep trying to help us all stay alive, there's an element of some of this stuff, but you're right. I mean, I think there's much less of this holier than thou, sanctimonious nonsense that goes on online, where you're like, enough with your showing us how smart you are about everything. Yeah. There's less of that. Yeah, and because yeah, it, it, if you step back and watch one of those conversations, like you were talking about, you see 10, 12, 15 people come in. They're all saying something different, and then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, that person's right. And then you think that's how everybody feels about this. Like maybe I'm, maybe I actually know that person's right, or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just agree with them, like you were saying. So there's, it, there's literally no benefit. It's, it, it either serves to make you upset or serves to make you feel like, hmm, I'm right about this. It's just, it's a very, but anyway, there's a lot less of it. I think people are focused now on, on core survival ideas, and it's different. You know, it's different now thinking about. Do I want to risk getting sick? Do I need a Do I need a chicken breast bad enough to risk getting sick? It, you know, maybe that'll help moving forward. I don't know. Maybe it won't. Maybe it'll be three weeks. There'll be a, a flag that goes up. This thing's all over, and everybody'll just go back to the way it was. I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, part. You know, it, it is interesting, right? I mean, like if if all of a sudden tomorrow morning we woke up and they said, "Good news, it looks like this virus is weakening every time it jumps, and each virus can only infect X number of people." So it's going to die out. Like right. that's what they, that's what the studies show. And then, you know, and they said, and, and you know, all our models show that within two weeks, that's going to happen. I think two weeks later, you would have like, like Bourbon Street would be packed. The beaches in Fort Lauderdale would be packed. People would be pouring beers on each other's heads. It would be like the biggest celebration ever. And then 24 hours later, they'd be arguing it. online about nonsense and, you know, <laughs> fighting over different things at the grocery store and whatever. So it's hard to know. I mean, I hope, I really hope it's a short lived thing. I guess the impact it has on everyone will be something we'll have to watch over time. Well, what I've learned is, is that what you just said, where you were clearly saying, let me make up a scenario and tell you how it would it maybe end. Somebody just heard that and heard, oh, this is all going to be over in two weeks because, right. because right. the disease, uh, it it's can't funny. replicate at the same like power and it just dies out. It's, you know, as I was saying it, I thought I was thinking to myself, you should just edit that whole part out no. because now someone's going to hear just that piece and go, Oh my God, that doctor that was talking to him said that it's not going to be bad at all. That's it's, not what I'm saying. No, no, no. <laughs> and and if, I know, but you could, you know, you listen away for a second, you're listening while you're, you're cleaning or something. I, I see it happen a lot. It's really, I'll get notes, but like you said this and I'll think to myself, no, I didn't. And then they're like, no, right here. And I go look and I'm like, you got to listen to that again. That's, that's not what I said. And then they'll, oh yeah, I got it. Thanks. It's, well, and the, so the, you know, the really amazing thing about that is, so that's someone accidentally just not listening to the whole segment, right? right? You just pick up, but you can see how it's so easy to just take something that someone says out of context and then use it for your own benefit. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, there's so many times where you hear a clip, a one sentence 
clip of something and it's completely like that clip I just said, if you would just pull that out and say, well, there's this guy saying that it's going to be nothing like that can be manipulated so easily. It's ridiculous, right. especially now with social media. Yeah. Oh, no, please. There'll be a there'll be an animatronic you saying it. It's, it's right. you know, somebody will it'll look more real than you. Your kids will look at it and think that's definitely him. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. How you so your your children are pretty active people. Is this I, my my son is he's getting to Cage Tiger like he's trying to like dull his mind with video games and he's keeping up with his college work. Which by the way, I explained to him how much the semester cost and I didn't care what room he was in. I expected the same grades. <laughs> yeah. But, but he needs to get he needs it to get warm. Like he just wants to go throw a ball or you know, he's like, Can we just go to a field and hit or something? Like, I gotta get out of here. So, yeah, I mean my kids are the same way. My my older two are they're high school age, so they're uh they're actually decently busy with their work. Like their school's doing a pretty good job with their online schooling. It's actually pretty it's it mirrors pretty well what they'd be doing in the classroom because their classes are small so they have like real zoom lectures and they have homework and assignments and assessments and stuff my daughter's school is not quite as much just because she's only in seventh grade Mm -hmm. so she gets done quickly in terms of the physical piece of it yeah i've been trying to encourage them like get yourself outside as much as you can my older one runs so he's been still running i think he still has a hope that the season is not completely lost but nothing else he's getting ready for college but the other two are like you know, they're used to going from a basketball practice to a baseball practice or a softball practice or whatever. And they're like not doing much. My daughter's softball program just started these virtual sessions where they're doing like 45 minutes of conditioning to, you know, two or three times a week on zoom. And they're going to do like virtual hitting sessions where they're going to, you know, yeah, try to do try something, to but it's not moving. the same. Right. Yeah. Well, if you could learn to hit a baseball like that, I'd be Stand usual, so <laughs> it's hard to play softball by yourself. Right? Yeah. I mean, maybe basketball, but so yeah. I mean, I think it's hard. It's a combination of their bodies aren't moving and they're not engaging in the same way. I mean, could you imagine what this would be like, say, fifteen years ago, with no Zoom meetings and no FaceTime and no cell phones like the way we have them now, where you can, you know, see a picture of the person you're talking to? Imagine yeah. the isolation in that scenario. It'd be un- it'd be unreal. Like if you had to turn on the nightly news to find out what the latest is yeah to sit around 24 hours to get the new update you know um i was i'm gonna try to find it i heard last night that um uh, in france it was france they were so worried about domestic violence um that they they basically put a safe word into play and you could walk into any pharmacy and say that word and someone would collect you like to get you because think about that if you're if you're a victim of domestic violence this thing has now locked you in the room you least want to be in in the entire world with no way to get out and i thought that's that's pretty smart one of my partners actually had a put a post up on facebook about um keeping your kids safe at home for the same reason you know um these kids that are in kind of dangerous households potentially abusive parents whether it's emotional or physical yeah and spouses too i mean this is a nightmare they can't go anywhere to escape any of it. It's I, just a nightmare. I think too about the kids who, so my brother is, my brother's in Wisconsin and he, he was changing jobs and he had a couple of weeks, you know, between jobs and he thought, I'm going to keep doing something. So he took this job delivering lunches for like a local school. And within two days of doing it, he goes, Scott, some of these kids take the lunch on Monday morning, the food I bring them on Monday morning. And they tell me they haven't eaten since the thing I gave them on Friday. And he's like, and now they're all 
like, you know, so they kept doing it. They're still taking the meals to these places and people are showing up and I'm like, well, what about places that aren't, are these kids just at home? Nobody's feeding them. So that was one of the big reasons why New York didn't close their schools so fast. Oh, really? It's because they were, yeah, they were, that's what I read that they were really concerned about the kids on the, on the lunch program. Yeah. So there were bus, there were stories about bus drivers trying to drive their route with the kids lunches to drop them off. But as you can imagine, that's super inefficient. Yeah. Yeah. A school bus to deliver lunches is, uh, is not going to work, but yeah, there's just, my point is that there's a lot that impacts people's lives that most of us wouldn't think about. You know, and it's yeah, not, no, it's not you're as right. easy as, you know, as all. I mean, I've been saying it for a while, but like one of the things I'm worried about is just what is going to happen to the economy and not the economy in terms of like the numbers you read, but just, you know, there's a certain dignity in getting up every day and going to work and yeah. like doing what you do, getting paid for it, being able to support your family, having, you know, food for your kids to eat. Like there's going to be times pretty soon when people are deciding, do I eat this or I give it to my kids? Right. And I just don't know how, as a, as a society, you can maintain this level of closed offness yeah. to everything before people are going to get desperate. Right. You know, and I know that there's been three pieces of legislation now, and there's even rumblings about a fourth. But you know, at some point, like I, I'm nervous that people are going to really get desperate, right. and I don't know what that looks like in certain parts of the country. Well, I want to find and out. actually, every part of the country, yeah. there's not even. It's not confined to one area. No, I know. I mean, you see, listen, obviously people are thinking about it. You, you want to see a long line still look at a gun shop. Like people are in lines to buy guns. There are people who you never would have thought of owning a gun in their lives who are out trying to find one because they're extrapolating out three months and thinking this is going to get upside down and I can't protect myself. Even when you said what you just said, I thought, oh, you know, we're going to see soup lines again. And I thought, oh, no, no, we're not because we can't get in line next to each other. So that won't happen. Um, you know. Well, right. I mean, look, like, I think the way, one of the things I keep thinking about is you see all this craziness with the toilet paper and, you know, that's like the, the perfect, like panic buying moment, right? So you, some people got nervous that they're going to get stuck in the house. So they started buying a lot of toilet paper. So then other people saw those people buying toilet paper and said, oh no, they're going to buy up all the toilet paper. I need to go buy a lot of toilet paper. And then by the time you got to like the third round of that, there was no more toilet paper. Right. So that's fine right now because you're buying toilet paper and you can afford to buy it. But what happens when the you can't afford to buy the toilet paper anymore? Mm-hmm. Then what? Yeah. Then what are you going to do? <laughs> no, I mean, it's a, it's a slippery slope. I, like I've said before, I, I, I those zombie uh, TV shows, they write themselves. It's not hard to sit into a room and extrapolate out what happens when people get desperate. Um, and it's, you know, as I'm sitting here, I've never thought about this once, but I'm like federalize the grocery stores. Just, make food free for a while everybody gets you know enough to get them by and it keeps you that that kind of hope but like you said too like you, you want to be able to pay for it yourself and at some point that'll become that'll feel desperate to you like i don't want this to be i don't want to be handed this food every time you just turn right. into a you know you turn into a robot at some point like i think that life is in the you know it's in the moments right it's not the things you do it's the things you do in between those things it's you know yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I think like we're talking scenarios where this goes on and never stops for six months or 12 months or right. 18 months. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Gonna I mean, happen? I think especially when you look at what's going on in China and parts of Italy that got absolutely walloped with this, they're starting to come back. I mean, if you look yeah. at like Wuhan now, they are more worried about cases coming in from the outside right. than cases from within Wuhan. Yeah. Even though like 
the social distancing stuff started way too late. The testing is not anywhere near where it should be. Um, we don't have the ability to prove someone had it. At mm-hmm. some point, you're going to get to a, into a situation where the number of new cases is significantly dropping. Right. And as it drops, the comfort level with people returning to normal is going to come back. It's yeah. just a question of when is that going to happen? And I didn't mean to say I thought it was going to happen. I meant to say that in a, in a, enough people's heads, that they're thinking about it. Like they're, they're oh, wondering. I know. I mean, look, yeah. I just gave yeah. that ridiculous toilet paper story, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking about it too. Right. I think the reality, though, is we're not going to get to that point. Right. Like, I just can't believe in, in the United States of America in 2020, we're going to be at a point where we're like, uh, you know, I no one I, can afford a roll of toilet paper anymore. Right. Like, that's, I just can't imagine yeah. that's going to happen. You're not going to be sharing a loaf of bread for three days. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't think so either. I just think that it's, um, I've talked to enough people who have anxiety issues now, and I know that something like this just, it just shoots them off like a rocket. Like they they were doing like back when I was talking about everything just goes your way. They were struggling then, you, you know? Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, think of it's the worst case scenario for people with anxiety. Right. You know, even if you want to say just one hour at a time, take it one day at a time, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's fine, except that you don't even know what's going to happen. So, right. you know, you can make yourself bananas. And then if you try to think a week or two out, or you try to think, oh, you know, my kid's supposed to go back to college in the fall. Are they going to be able to go or not? I'm hearing rumor. Like, right. you, you literally can make yourself insane. And yeah. there's no distraction. That's the problem. Yeah the, yeah, the only thing to distract you is more thoughts like this. Like, I actually yeah. thought, I had the conscious thought this morning that since my son has been three and a half years old, he's been playing baseball. And since he's in about nine, he's been telling me he's going to play in college. And now he's there and they canceled the college baseball season. Are they going to cancel the next one? Was my next thought. Did he do all that for exactly nothing? Exactly right. You know, like, yeah. You know, what else have we all done for nothing? <laughs> it's so true. Like, yeah. I mean, I think when they closed the schools for a couple of weeks, everyone was saying, oh, they'll probably close them until like Easter and they'll, or they'll close them through spring break and then they'll get back after break. And, and then it was sort of like, well, it's only getting worse. So why in the world are they going to get back? So now everyone's like, well, they're probably just going to be close for this year. I mean, I, I still hope maybe there's some outside chance they get back for a few weeks, but right. odds are they're going to be close for the year, right? Well, so then you say, well, why would their camp be open over the summer? Right. And why would their sleepaway camp is supposed to go to in August be open? And why would we be able to take that family vacation we're supposed to take in mm. the summer? And and then you're like, well, why would the school reopen? And you can make yourself absolutely Nuts. bananas. Yeah, like yeah. life is going to end. That's probably not really what's going to happen. Right. We just have to wait and see, though. No, I agree. All right. Well, I feel better after talking to you. Hopefully, people will yeah. feel better after. <laughs> I seriously do. I, um, you know, like you said, there's, there's, you get caught in a vacuum, and you know, it's tough. Like I, Kelly is, Kelly loves the news. Like Kelly's like, a, if it rains, Kelly's watching the weather. She loves it. So even my son's like mom stop watching this and she's like i like knowing what's going on she's not freaked out but like i walk through the room sometimes and i was like i don't want to hear about this right now you, you know i mean it's so true look i mean you know um you and i have known each other a long time and we've always been kind of you know into the politics of what's going on and the process and all of that like we're kind of losing all that like you don't even get to be like a you know political junkie anymore because there's nothing you can't even find coverage of the campaigns at all which i understand right but and the sports is the same way, and there's so many things that people really enjoyed as part of their their life, and yeah. they're just yeah, they little... faded into the background. But I'll tell you what, when they come back, they're going to come roaring back, oh. right? I mean, could you imagine what baseball is going to be like that first weekend when they start playing again, or, yeah. or or you know, like you know, first weekend of the NFL, or if they get to the NBA playoffs or whatever it is, it's going to be crazy. 
Oh, I don't like, I mean, I never, again, I want, I'll bring it back to diabetes for a second. I do anything for my daughter not to have diabetes, but there have been so many good things that have come from it. It's hard to believe that would not have happened if she didn't have it. And I don't just mean like, I don't mean this podcast. I mean, just like the way we think or see or things. And there's going to be a lot of good stuff that comes out of this. You're right. Like, you know, you turn on a baseball game as a baseball fan and go, I cannot believe these guys are playing in front of 10,000 people. I wish there were more people there. People are going to be dying to get out, you know, and the, and yeah. the, and the ball teams are going to have to make season tickets pretty cheap and you, you know, and it's going to, everything's going to feel exciting again. I think that we have so many options for how to spend our time that it kind of created like a paralysis for some people. People were just like, why there's too many options. So I'm not doing anything. And now all of a sudden people are going to pick again. This is what I think is important. I'm going to go, I'm going to support it. I'm going to do it. You know? Yeah. I think that, honestly, I think there's, there's, there's two things that are really going to happen once, once you get back to normal. One is people are going to remember how nice it was to be with other people. And they're going to make more of a point to do that. Like right. it was very easy to just text or call or not actually see people face to face. I think that this is reminding people how you need that. And the other thing is this idea of like experiences versus things like actually, you know, living through something right. versus just owning something. Or I think that there was a trend towards that already. I think people are going to go way, way more towards that. Um, once this is all, you know, kind of moves back to normal. Well, I'm glad we did this today. Cause like I said, I was this afternoon, I was a little like, what's the point? And then I, you know, I needed to be reminded the point is in a month or so, this is going to be over. And then, you know, that'll be the point. I really appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much. No, of course. Anytime. Thank you so much, Adam, for coming on the show and sharing your feelings about the coronavirus and, uh, for talking it through with me. I felt good about that. I really did like, uh, chatting with a friend and you know going over real things that are happening and and getting to like sort of sort through how i felt about them huge thanks of course to the contour next one blood glucose meter go to contournextone.com to see if you're eligible for an absolutely free meter and to check out all of the reasons why this blood glucose meter in my opinion is the best one arden has ever used and don't forget touched by type1.org check out their programs their awareness campaign their dance program, everything. Just, you know, pick through their website. Have a great time. Next week on the show, we're going to be doing some stuff with Jenny. And I actually have another person with type 1 diabetes who has had the coronavirus and is done with it now. I'll be interviewing them tomorrow. And if everything goes well, I should be bringing you that show in the next few days. Everybody stay safe. Cover your coughs. Cover your face. Don't forget your hand sanitizer. And we'll get through this.